three, two, one. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 531 of, wait, 530 oh, of the Drunk Testers podcast. I'm, I'm your host, always right Tyler, and joining me, one we have, Niners we have one the against man, the Raiders. The man, two, sir. my computer didn't completely go to shit. Cables, what's up, so, buddy? <laughs> uh, we're starting a little bit later on than what we initially planned, but at the same time, we're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Gable, well, we started the Skype call like yeah. three hours ago, but we've had nothing. Uh, Gables had a bunch of issues, so, um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm the same way, man. Hey, Packers won, so I got the gear out. Um, you know, uh, you know, we, we're three for three in Super Bowl this year. We beat the Bears not once but twice. Uh, then we beat Mike McCarthy and has mm. come back to Lambeau Field. Um, now I'm rooting for Super Bowl number four, and that's knocking the Vikings out of the playoffs. So. And we we did we started today by yeah, blowing their asses out. Yeah, this way. Uh, they this got a couple the first time this year where the Vikings have been down from that much, did not come back from behind it's to win. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it was very weird going. That's, to, uh, that's just how the Vikings came in. It's like, like you, I don't feel good you about this. See multiple teams <laughs> so, uh, beat on them like about four touchdowns or something like that, and subsequently blow it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're eleven and zero in a one point uh, one score games. I think they uh, had eight four quarter comebacks this year, including two weeks ago having yep. the biggest comeback in NFL history, coming down thirty three nothing at halftime. So uh, a couple people in there, uh, like I was self, I was doing, I was a little self, I was celebrating a little already at halftime, but I was like trying to keep it in check. And then somebody's like, "No, they're not gonna come back." I'm like, so they were literally down thirty three points at the same point two weeks ago. Yes, uh, but uh, yeah, so they're they're winning. So I mean, I don't even care if I, I told Gables like the Niners can blow them out and not blow out the Packers in the divisional round by 60 points. As long as we beat the Vikings in the playoffs, <laughs> I don't care. Um, I'll call after the, after, after being four and eight and now possibly being in the playoffs, um, mm-hmm. I'll call it a win. But uh, yeah, but anyways, we, this is not a football podcast. Uh, this is a video game podcast where every week we get together and we talk about video gaming. So this year, this week, a little different. Um, this week, it is probably my favorite recording session mm-hmm. of the year. Um, one, because uh, we do two podcasts in one night, so yep. we get uh, we get a week off, which is always great. Um, but also, uh, it is our top 10 games of 2022. So this is our, actually, it's crazy, Gables, our 10th time doing this. Yes, uh, so, 10 years. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be our 10th anniversary <laughs> in May, but this is our 10th uh, Game of the Year podcast session. Um, so yeah, but before we, st- we start all of this, uh, I did want to real fast go through and say, hey, if you're listening to this or watching this or whatever, whether it's live or later on, uh, always ch- you know we always record live typically on Saturday night, but because uh it's the holiday, it's a fourth or Fourth of July, Jesus fucking Christ, uh, it is the New <laughs> Year's uh, weekend. Uh, we both got Monday off, so we're recording on a Sunday, and uh, really glad we uh, did that because I definitely needed uh, Saturday night. Um, but um, yeah, if you're if you're watching us now, later, listening, whatever. Uh, please uh, like, follow, subscribe to us. We're, we're really trying to push the YouTube channel uh, the last year, so really appreciate it if you guys come check us out. And if you're, um, you know, already if like you know you just kind of stumble upon us, please you know like, follow, subscribe, five star reviews, comments, share, share with your friends. Please do all that. There's a description down below. There's uh, links to everything: Facebook, Twitter, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube, everything. So please check all those out. Um, but Gables. Let's get into. Um, I want to go through some previous winners um, that we have here. Uh, so I, was, I kind of went back. And 
and got everything written down here. So we like I said, we started doing this in 2013. Uh, in 2013, though, we only did a top five list, but every year after that, we've done a, we've done a top ten list. Uh, so I got I got Gables and I's uh, games of the year from every year, and then I got an overall game of the year. Um, that's like our points combined. I'll explain that when we get there. But Gables okay. since 2013, so starting in 2013, you had Pokemon X and Y. In 2014, yep. you had Mario Kart 8. In 2015, yep. Super Mario Maker. So three for three here on on Nintendo games. Very funny. Uh, and in 2016, broke the trend with Uncharted 4. Uh, 2017, yep. back to Nintendo, Super Mario Odyssey. 2018, first time third-party game. Actually, an indie game, Celeste. Um, 2019, Fire Emblem Three Houses. 2020, Persona 5 Royale. And then 2021, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, uh, pretty funny. You got one, two, three, four, five. Five Nintendo games out of nine. And then two PlayStation exclusives. And then uh, an indie and a third-party. So, um Mine's going to be kind of the same, but for a different console maker. Uh, uh, I have, uh, so in 2013, uh, mine was Last of Us Part 1, better previously known as Last of Us. Uh, 2014, South Park Stick of Truth. 2015, Metal Gear Solid 5. 2016, Last Guardian. 2017, Horizon Zero Dawn. 2018, God of War. 2019, our lone Xbox exclusive, Gears 5. 2020, Last of Us Part 2. And then 2021, Life is Strange, True Colors. So um, I got, what, one, two, three, four, five uh, PlayStation games. You got five uh, Nintendo games, pretty funny. And then I got uh, like like three third-party games and then a Xbox game. So I've had I've yet to have a Nintendo game uh, make my number one overall. And then overalls. So this is uh, every year what we do is we keep track. I give a, a point total for um, every game. So if you get... If you if you get someone's ten spot, you get one point. If you get someone's number one spot, you get um mm-hmm. ten points. And then you know so everything in between two is nine, three is eight, so on and so forth. Um, I, I realized today though, or the other day when I was doing, I was putting this together that I never, yeah. I don't have, um, I have our top five written down, but I never wrote down Jake's because he's not on the podcast anymore. Uh, Jake, who was our original host that started with us, uh, he hasn't been around for I think 2017 is when he left. Uh, but yeah. uh, I didn't have I didn't write down his top five list from when I re-listened to it. So I had to re-listen to that podcast, uh, and then I wrote down, like I said, that that year when we did a, a top five list. Uh, but number third, uh, number one, our overall winner for 2013, Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> that was very I did not see that coming. Uh, it was the only game that was actually in all three of our lists. The only games that we had in yep. common was you and I both had Pokemon X and Y in our top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was number four for me and number, it was number one for you. Um, but, yep. uh, yeah, so it was, but Bioshock Infinite was your number five. It was my number three. And then it was Jake's number two. Uh, ah. and then 2014 overall winner, Mario Kart eight. Um, it wasn't on Jake's list, but it was number one on yours. Number five on mine. Uh, 2015, um, that was actually all four of us. We had, that was when Justin joined us. Um, he, so this, the, the winner wasn't on my list, but it was on all, on your three guys' list. Mario Maker, Super Mario Maker, uh, in 2015. We had Gables as your number one, Justin's number three, Jake's number two. Um, and then in 2016, uh, it was just the three of us now. It was just you, me, and Justin. Uh, Uncharted 4 won it. It was your number one, Justin's number four, and my number three. Um, and then in 2017, 
uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, it was your number one. It was Justin's number two. And it was my number three. Uh, there's kind of a trend here. It's pretty funny. Uh, and then 2018, uh, it was that that was last year with Justin on it. Uh, our role winner, shockingly, Celeste. Um, Gables yep. is your number one. It was my number two, and it was Justin's number three. So very funny. Uh, what one two three four years in a row it was it landed on a one two and a three person spot uh 2019 uh it was actually what's funny in 2019 we only this was the only game we had in common it was your, it was your number yep. three and it was my number two untitled goose game uh <laughs> very weird uh 2019 was a weird year though 2020 yeah, uh this was on both of our list here it was ghost of shishima it was your number two yep. but it was my number seven uh and then last year 2021 guardians of the galaxy it was gable's number one and my number two so yeah mm-hmm. like i said only behind life is strange so yeah so oh, this is gonna be yeah interesting, so <laughs> I, it's kind of interesting with, with just the two of us now because we don't have like you like said previous years we had three or four people and uh it's kind of interesting because like yeah like like i said 2019 we only had one game in common i think last year we had three games in common so yeah that was the most that we've ever had inside of one initial yeah. game of the year yeah well i mean yes. like 2019 was so such a subjective year as far as there was just like a million eights came out that year um but there was really wasn't a lot of nines so um but yeah uh that was our um like i said previous winners uh for for uh yes we're doing this like i said it's our 10th year i'm gonna pull up i got my little black book here uh no girls phone numbers in it uh but it does have all the lists from our previous years in it. And I'm going to keep track as we go. Where's I lose? I lost my pen. I lost the, I lost my fucking pen Gables. Oh no. Oh no. Where the fuck did that pen go? Huh? Son of a bitch. Did I drop? Oh, there's a pin on the ground. There's a pin. I'm going to reach. I'm grabbing my foot. Got it. Got it. Oh, okay. Ah, whoo. It'd been way easier if I just reached down and got it instead of doing all that. But uh, you know what, Gables? Uh, I win. Laziness always wins. All right. So I'm just going to... you get the cramp. <laughs> yeah. Cramp! Oh, boy. Oh, this this pen is not working very well for me, Gables. This is not working very well at all. Give me a second here. I didn't write, our num- I didn't write the numbers down. All right. Two, one. All right, Gables. Um, well, like I said... Um, so kind of the plan what's going to happen here is Gables and I on this podcast, this this one that's live right now on YouTube, uh, it'll be up everywhere as soon as we're done. Um, we're going to do uh, 10 through 6 on this podcast. Depending on time, we might do, we might do, uh, um, what's what's the stuff, what's it called? Um, honorable mentions. Uh, but we'll see yeah. how long where the podcast is going um, before we do all that. Um, but typically we do it, um, uh, before we get to number three. So this podcast, we're going to do 10 through six Gables and I will alternate taking turns. Um, and then, uh, what we'll do right after this, we'll, we'll, we're going to record a podcast, not live. And that one will just be, uh, that one will come out next week and that'll be five through one. And if we don't do honorable mentions on, on, um, on this one, we'll do it there. So, um, that is kind of the overall plan. Uh, Gables, Shall we begin? All right. Yes. Would you like me to go first or do you want to go first? I think for this round, I will go okay. first. Here we go. So for number 10, I was bouncing around a couple of different times. And wait, I initially wait, I'm, came I'm, I'm sorry. Upon... I'm sorry. I got 
I got. I, I meant to ask this before we got into this. I apologize for forgetting. Okay, what's up? How how was it putting the list together? How'd it go for you? Okay, okay. So for the list in and of itself, yeah, it was kind of a little bit more difficult this time around. It it pretty much had to do because I had played through a good chunk of games. I want to say like around. I'm just doing a rough estimate right here. Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Um, apparently, like around twenty-two or some odd new games yeah. for the, in 2022. Okay. Ironically enough, and uh, out of that, I was able to go forth and uh, take out a couple of different ones that I didn't think that were going to be all that high up. You know, so there were some Game Pass games that I did not include on okay. here but because i only had a chance maybe to play them for some little bit of time and stuff so i'm not going to see so we're not going to be seeing things like so like wind jammers too or anything else like that which yeah kind of sucks but uh so that leads me to pick number 10 this one is going to be stray oh, for the ps5 okay all right so it's stray well, this game came by surprise for me. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did, and not only because of the aspect of controlling the cat in of itself, but because of how fun it was investigating the uh, world that was underneath, like, uh, that was pretty much like the, the city underground and stuff with the cat, and then, like, doing all the various puzzles and stuff. I really liked the fact that uh, there was like, a little button where I could just go for the mm -hmm. meow. Yeah. It was just always funny. It's just like little obscure things that you that cats would do that just gave you a little bit of that simple pleasure, like say kneading on the carpet mm. or something like that, or scratching the couch and some stuff. And there were robots anyway, so they don't really give a crap. They're like, "Oh, hey, cat. was was, was <laughs> pressing the meow button the most satisfying button press of the year?" Actually, it kind of felt mm. like it. It absolutely did feel like it. Also, I best mean, best trophy. I basically pressed that. Every time I pass by something or pass by like a robot or whatsoever, I just go forth and meow. Yeah. And they would look at me either with disdain at the fact that I dropped like a whole thing of paint on the sidewalk and the dude had yeah. to clean it up. Or the fact that uh, right next to like a homeless robot or something like that and he just goes and just pets and stuff. And then like the random like sleeping on certain sections and stuff and you can actually watch the cat as it sleeps. <laughs> that was actually really therapeutic mm -hmm. <laughs> for some aspects. I like cats. But uh, the game in and of itself, you know, I, it was an interesting exploration game. The city itself was rather interesting because you came across the backstories of a lot of the uh, a lot of the reasons why that the city is what it is and why there are just robots there and why there's no people in and of itself. I was not expecting it to get kind of a little bit more dark towards the end of yeah. it. But at the same point, you know, there were some fun moments. I mean, the aspect where you're going through and you have this specific ability where, like, you're shooting lasers and all this other stuff, you know, with a cat and stuff. And uh, having to uh, navigate around those little, those little, like, parasites and stuff, you know, trying to navigate around them while doing all sorts of, different, like, big old parkour things as the cat, you know, that was pretty parkour. fun. Yeah, parkour, parkour. <laughs> but, uh... When it came to the overall quality of the game, I thought it was sufficient. I did like the story, how the way it wrapped up towards the end. It was kind of a little bit like open-ended to try to in interpretate and stuff. Like, an, but uh, it also kind of left its room for like potential a sequel or wherever and stuff. Because towards the end part of the game and stuff, I mean, 
yeah, I'm going to be going into those heavy yeah. for this for people yeah. who haven't. I mean, that's that's just from the yeah. get go. This is the game of the year stuff. So there's yeah, that, stuff I'm, I'm glad you brought through. that up because I meant to mention that beforehand. But yeah, there will be. We'll bring it up um, if you want to skip ahead a little bit. But yeah, there will be. We'll try to keep it to a minimum. But yeah, there will be some spoilers here and there. Right. So for this specific part and stuff, after you get done with the story mode and stuff, and uh, you basically had to shut down the main computer where that dude, that AI and stuff was at and stuff. And then you exit out finally. You're able to go forth and go out and stuff. You take a little look back and stuff and you just go and just explore the outside world or wherever and stuff. That was kind of cool. That was kind of like, uh, like I said before, I knew that the whole beginning to end stuff, you know, the cat was going to escape out. But at the same time, the the way that adventure, that journey transpired and stuff, the little side missions here, the various like mysterious elements there to battling and stuff and seeing all this type of like corruption in terms of like how the robots are treating the other robots and stuff because of what was programmed into them. And, uh, well, it's part of the reason why I like that game enough to include it on my top 10 list because... It was one of the games that I downloaded through PlayStation Extra, so I didn't have to pay anything, really. I just went through, yeah. downloaded it, wanted to give it a go, and I rather ended up enjoying it. Some people have already platinumed the game. That could be something I do in the future, but at the same point, really enjoyed my time with Stray. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like, um, the, only, the only thing that sucks about that platinum is that, it, like, pretty much everything's fairly easy to get, except for you have to, like, one of the yep. one of them is uh, you have to beat the game in under two hours, so that, that one... Oh, that that could be a pain in yeah. the ass. Like, I mean, yes. I guess if you know, like, I, I get that. That just seems. I, I'd hate that. It just sounds like it'd be really upsetting if you flew through that game and you didn't get it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, put my list together. I, I feel I have a pretty good system. I figured out. after like you know doing this multiple years, I, I think I've done a good job of like. I was about the same. I think I had like a little. It was like high teens, low twenties around there. Like that were all my list uh, initially. Yes. And every year I start off with, I put a, I make a for sure category. And I'm like, okay, these are the games that are for sures. And some years I've had yes. six, some days, some years I've had nine, some years I've had 11. And I'm like, well, this is going to be really hard. So um, this year I did it and um, I had six on my, on my, for, or no, seven on my for sure list. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, these are my top seven then already. And then it's just, a, now I just got to, out of these here, I got to grab, three out of like the you know the dozen or so i had left um and then i just kind of go from there so and then you know have the little battles here and there but uh yeah like i feel like that's that's a good way for me to like just cut out a lot of time um so yeah but um i'm gonna start here number 10 pokemon violet um ah, i had a feeling that this was gonna be your yeah 10. um i <laughs> this game is just it's the high ceiling high floor of moments for me this year of like this is the game right. i've wanted since i was seven years old when i was fucking i didn't have a i didn't have a pokemon red uh, red red or blue uh but every my parents would always go we go to best buy like every weekend my parents would like buy movies and stuff and while they're mm -hmm. going around buying movies i literally sit there and just play the game boy color and play pokemon red and blue on the little demo thing and I sit there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes for months doing that before I got mine for Christmas. And while I was sitting there at Best Buy playing that game, this is exactly what I dreamed of. When I, when I, like, I, I talked about when they announced this game and we did, we did like the emergency pod afterwards. I'm like, I had tears in my eyes because I'm like, 
this is what I've wanted since I was since 19, what, 96, 97. Um, and I've, there's so many things here where it's like, and we always give Pokemon like Pokemon like that, that kind of, we, we grade them on a curve. Cause like we, we celebrate these things that they're doing that games have been doing for like 15 years, but we get so excited when they do it, but we don't care because it's fucking Pokemon and they God damn it, it. They're allowed. Cause it's so fucking cool. Uh, but like, I love like just the open world aspect of it. Like, Hey, here's three things. Here's, you know, you got team star, you got the, they got the Titans and you got the gyms just mm-hmm. go and you go. And I love just wandering the world, catching the Pokemon uh, and, you know, building up my team, obviously as you do, but just like, wandering and then like okay i'm just gonna walk around go over here go over there and next thing you know you're you know your pokemon are level 16 all of a sudden you're wandering like oh these guys are like level 40 and you're just getting fucking your ass whooped or like you fight you find the titan and you fight the titan and like you're supposed to be like level 50 and you're in the 30s and stuff or like wandering and like i remember one of the one of the gym battles i did i wandered and uh i think it was the water gym battle and i think he was like i can't remember the exact levels but he was like like seven, eight, nine levels ahead of me and just powering through and able to fight through that and win that gym battle, despite being way under leveled uh, with like my last Pokemon. I love all that. Just the, the auto battle stuff is just game changing where like just throwing a Pokeball out and your Pokemon just taking out a dozen Pokemon in seconds and getting all the, all the gear, all your items and stuff like that. And like, even though you only like you, the XP is about half of what you would have, he was stopping battle, but it's like in the time it took him to defeat 12. Um, I could have, it would have taken me to find a regular battle to maybe to, to beat him once to beat one Pokemon. So it's like, at the end I'm, I'm just still saving a bunch of time here and doing way more and less time. So it's just a matter of like they do, especially on the switch where it's like about like convenience, especially because it's a hand. It's also, you know, obviously also the handheld vice. So it's, right. it's great. Like, you know, like it has the aspect. It's like the cool things like I liked a lot about like Breath of the Wild or Mario Odyssey playing that back in the day. It was like, this game is great, but it's also like you can see how they built it around the fact you could be playing this thing on the go. And maybe you're just playing on the train or playing on the bus or you got 20 minutes on break or something like that. Like it has that ability. Like that's what I was doing. I was playing this thing at lunch on my lunch break and just like, cool, I got, you know, 40 minutes here. I'm going to just uh, auto battle and just gain a bunch of levels and stuff. And just I love doing all that. Um I thought the final mission with uh, in this game is the coolest thing that they've done with Pokemon since you you found out you're like you 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 went up those stairs in gold and silver and there's fucking red staying at that top of those stairs and you got to battle red um you know who was you in red and blue uh that was like I mean I remember that as a kid like that was like one of the coolest moments in gaming to me um but and this is like to me, like in the Pokemon world of video games, like this is like that's second only to that moment to me. Um, it's just like I love like going on. The music is fantastic. I made the joke of like it's almost as like they hired like the near Automata composer to just like, hey, can you make that? But like Pokemon and like that's what that was. I love that. Like it's crazy. Like some of the places that Pokemon that final mission went where I'm like, I, this is a kid's game. What are we doing here? Oh, it's not like the rated dim stuff. But I'm like, wow, this is heavy for. It's a little bit darker than the normal, like, Pokemon game in yeah. terms of the story. I'd more or less compare it to, like, say, with uh, the last time Pokemon actually went that type of a route in terms of have, like a little bit of a darker story for them. Staring. Their standards is black and white. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
yeah. continue on. <laughs> but no, it's like it's like when they killed Mew in like the the one of the movies. It's like holy shit. Uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, some of the shit in there is like I mean I'd say this is pretty dark for a Nintendo game. Uh, even like I can't think of like I mean maybe some Zelda stuff got pretty dark. Uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, I really liked all this stuff. Man, I was just having a great time with it. But, I mean, there's obviously just, like, this stuff. I don't want to spend a lot of time. But this is the reason why it's number 10. It's just, like, the visuals. Like, just looking at this game, it's just kind of ugly to look at. Like, I don't, like, it's not visually pleasing to look at. It's just, like, all the jagged edges. The, the graphics are just awful. Like, I understand they got to do this to just get this thing to run. And also the time frame they had. Uh, the technical issues, like, I know, like, a lot of people, like, I know, Gables, you played through a good chunk of this. And mm-hmm. you, pretty, you pretty much had little to no issues major like obviously you had no major issues i should say and i, was I really constantly. didn't have any type of major issues in regards to the technical performance and stuff i mean sure the camera if you angle it just right you would see in, inside of like uh, the geometry and like there were other aspects the frequent pop-ins and everything else but i did not do what you did and literally just clip through the entire environment and yeah stuff. and get stuck and thought i lose my <laughs> save and then like oh. getting caught on random environments and Stuff like, like just when the, the game just freeze on you multiple times. Um, so yeah, like that was, I mean, that's a big reason why. And then like, like some minor, some other grubs with the game. Like, so I thought the, like the legend stuff and the gym battling was also really cool. Uh, but that team star thing, I just, it was kind of cool the first time, but like there's five of them, I believe. Right. And after like this, like I'd say my number three, I was like, okay, this is not very fun. Like it's not very hard. And then fighting a car, it's kind of fucking lame. I thought the, the story was pretty dumb. Uh, and like, I, like I'm great. And the greatness on the curve of Pokemon too. Or like, I'm not comparing this to like other like big time games here. I'm comparing this in the world of Pokemon. And like, I, I just did not, I don't, I didn't really care about the, like, you know, the, um, the Dean of the school and then all the battles and like learning about the history of like why these kids are in team star and stuff like that. And like, I just, didn't, I, yeah, after like there's five of them and like that, like I said, that first one was kind of cool. Second one was all right. It was, it was fine. And I'm like third one, like I'm so done with these fucking back, these things. And then like, um, I wish, I'm I'm totally fine with like changing the formula of like building up to the gym battles, um, but I do not like this formula of just like, you know, move this olive into the goalpost or uh, find these these poke, find ten of these some floras, where the fuck they're called, throughout this world. Like they, I'm like, it just sucks. I don't want, like I'm fine with changing it, but um. Let's, let's do something a little different. And then obviously like, um, you know, they always have the gimmick of every generation. I thought the terrorize, the terrestrializing thing was maybe one of the worst ones. Uh, I, 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 re- I seldom used it. And when I, I did, I'm like, I just, I don't really see the benefit of these things. So, um, yeah, but I mean, overall, like the game is still, fa- I, I still love this game despite all the issues. Um, it's just a matter of like, you know, I think for everybody, this game will vary. Uh, it's to me, it's just like, this, I just had more issues than others, and uh, yeah, so that's why it's number ten uh, for me. Like, if this game would have been everything I like, didn't have technical issues, it, it would have probably been, it would at least been top five, maybe top three. So, uh, but yeah, that's my number ten, uh, Pokemon uh, Violet Gables. What is your number nine? All right, so this one should come as no surprise to anyone if like you've listened to our podcast long enough and stuff. And uh, this is going to be the Witch Queen expansion of Destiny Two. It's going to okay. be number nine on this list. I was wondering when this was going to happen. All right. Cool. In regards to the game's the expansion's quality and stuff, I thought it was definitely one of Bungie's best since like uh, I've only had experience with like playing through Beyond Light and stuff. Some bit of Forsaken, but like 
some bit of shadow keep and stuff but in terms of an overall expansion stuff this definitely was one of their best it if i had to give it in comparison to some of the past previous sports they've done for the destiny series i'd say that this is definitely on par i would say god one of the destiny one expansions that i played back in the day in terms of good quality in that regards but uh what I liked about the Witch Queen is it, the story was definitely a little bit different in regards to some of the past stuff. They tied in a little bit more of like Sabathun and stuff like that in her backstory and then going through and finding out certain key story points. Like, for example, you have this other being and stuff like that that's going to be introduced with like the Lightfall expansion, I want to say. The next expansion. Yeah, Lightfall. That. Yeah, Lightfall, the next expansion of this uh, supreme being or something like that that uh, has enough power and influence where it convinces like entire races of creatures and stuff like that to turn on each other and this and that. And that's part of the origins of the Hive in regards to Destiny 2, where Sabathun was one of the was one of like uh, was a part of one of the races and stuff like that that actually turned in like to the Hive that we know today and stuff based upon implications of being tricked to get like a specific type of like uh, artifact or something like that, which converted all of her people into the hive. So you have aspects like that type of stuff. But what was really interesting though, was that the mission structure of it, it didn't overstay its welcome. The length of it wasn't too bad. It was like maybe only, I want to say like a good solid, like four or five hours in terms hmm. of the expansion stuff. So it was definitely palatable. The missions were, were actually pretty fun. In terms of facing off against Hive Guardians and stuff, it had to get me, like, readjusted in certain parts because instead of just, like, just killing them like you would normally do and stuff for the enemies and stuff, you have to literally press R3 to grab their guard, their ghosts and stuff and just crush them and stuff, just destroy them and do this and that. The strikes that came out from this expansion wasn't too bad and stuff. Let's see. I did try out the dungeon alongside my other fire team like uh, teammates and stuff that uh, we play from time to time. And they're a little bit more into it than I am. And <laughs> that's that's just putting it lightly and stuff. I mean, there's no offense. I mean, these guys are like my former co-workers that I used to work with for quite a few years. But uh, let's just say it this way and stuff. I mean, I've for me, a low year in terms of Destiny 2 play content and stuff is like at least around 50 hours. And that's pretty much what happened with me this year to where... I really wasn't really feeling it going into this year in regards to Destiny 2. Witch Queen came out. I waited a little bit. I got it when I was on sale. I played through the initial campaign and stuff, and I really did like the campaign. I really liked going against mm -hmm. Sabathun and stuff and having all the other stuff. But the dungeon portion, oh, man, that dungeon portion, <sighs> it takes you about a good solid hour just to get through this damn thing. And that's with a team of, like, three, a full team of three for, like, uh, the stuff. But... Like other dungeons past and stuff, it's multiple tiers, so you have to go through and do this and do that. But uh, the payoff was very good in regards to the payoff stuff. <laughs> but in terms of other improvements in the Witch Queen, I really love the fact that I could upgrade this glaive. It's like a specific type of sword and gun <laughs> to where you could slice and dice people and stuff, but it's like almost acts like a shotgun too, where it just has these powerful blows. You can improve certain aspects of it, but... At the same time, it definitely played a good role in terms of getting past certain missions and stuff. But uh, other than that, though, I mean, really, the only reason why it's not really higher in 
really much higher on this list is for one, I didn't go through the entirety of uh, the seasons and stuff. Because when I did pay for the initial bundle I did get, I did get access to the other seasons after that. But after I was initially done with my character in terms of that expansion with my Titan, I played a little bits of uh, the dungeons and stuff, finished that off. A couple strikes finished that off. But it did not hook me as much as it would have been, say, with like uh, Beyond Light. Because yeah. I know in years past, Beyond Light was a little bit higher upon my top ten list. But uh, when it initially came out... Was that last year or was that 2020? I think that was 2020. I want to say that was 2020. Yeah, it wasn't last year. I'm looking at, I'm looking at it right now. Because that was the one where I spent like at least over 100 or something like that. 100 hours playing alongside with friends. But uh, the reason why it's not higher up on the yeah. list is because that uh, Bungie restructured a lot of the PvP and a lot of like uh, PvE events, say like with uh, Gambit. Gambit really isn't as fun as it once was. It's because it's because of like little changes they made upon the structure of it. The strikes and stuff, they're fine. I mean, I like going to the strikes and stuff, but the PvP stuff, well, PvP is PvP. I mean, I've played my good fair share of the Crucible and stuff, but there's so there's actually so many Guardians you can come across will just equally just one-shot you because of, like, a couple, like, just one or two, like, weapon combos and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Witch Queen is number nine for me. Mm-hmm. I almost bought the I I've got all the DLC except for the last one. Uh, yeah. Well, the one before light. No, not lightfall. The one before Witch Queen. Oh, that's Beyond Light. Beyond Light, yeah. So Beyond Light was number five on your list in twenty twenty. Um, yeah. It was I think everything was like twenty or like I think Witch Queen was like twenty bucks and I was like man, I'm really tempted. Uh, if I if I bought the DLC gables, I really want to play it because I like playing okay. it. Would you play with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. of course I would. All right, cool, cool. Because um, I like playing it, but man, it's just like sometimes you just need someone to play with you. So. Um, well, yeah, that's the type of game where yeah, obviously, if you play yeah. if you play it yourself or something like that, you may be getting a little bit frustrated. But if you play it with someone else, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a little bit, a yeah. little bit easier. I see someone to kind of like help me speed through some of this stuff. Sometimes a lot of grinding in that game. Uh, but all right, number nine, Gables. Yeah. Um, Super Massives, the Quarry. Um, okay. Yeah, this, oh, man, this was like this was a tough. One. This one moved. This one probably moved the most. Um, in my list as I was going, because like I said, I, when I made the list, I already had seven in place. Uh, and this one kind of kept bouncing between eight, nine, and ten for me. Um, but uh, yeah, like so, like Super Massive Games, I'm obviously a big fan of theirs. Uh, I, I've talked about it. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, like Until Dawn, obviously was like the big breakout for them. Everybody knows Until Dawn is obviously big, you know. Um, but like I've been the one that's followed them when they moved to like they have that deal with Bandai Namco where they're making. The uh, Dark Pictures Anthology with uh, what they made, Little Hope, uh, House of Ashes, Man of Medan. I got Devil in Me. I've yet to play it. I've been waiting because, like, the game. I was, like, I've talked about real fast. Um, usually the games come out, like, right before Halloween. This game didn't come out. Devil in Me didn't come out until, like, late the same day as Pokemon, so November 18th. And I'm like, that's concerning. A Halloween game coming out around Thanksgiving. And then the game come <laughs> out with a bunch of bugs. I'm waiting for, for those. But the um, Quarry came back in June. Uh, and this is like their first, like the, the dark pictures, all the games have like been more like bite size, like three, four, five hour games. And this is like the first one, like until dawn where that was like a full fledged, like eight hour game. And this one's about the same length, but you know, take you obviously a little bit more seven to nine hours, but somewhere in there, I think it's about eight. Uh, I remember it came out like 
the Friday, uh, I was going on vacation. So I'm like, this is perfect. So I played over a bunch of different nights. Uh, but, you know, I love, I, I, I like these games. I like obviously like the, the choosing and then like the quick, the, the quick time event stuff. Like it's definitely not a thing I want. Like, uh, you know, like I'm quick time events is not a thing I want in every game, but like I, I do enjoy it popping up still in games every now and again. And uh, I definitely like in the style of game. Uh, this is the first one where I was like, I, this is the best game since Until Dawn. Obviously it helps being like the first full fledged game. Like the, like the dark picture anthology games are usually like $40 or so. Um, and this one being the full 70 bucks, uh, but first full price one. Um, I thought one of the things this game did is like, it made such a great job of like every decision being important. And like the decision that you were making, like, you know, you always like to quickly pick between two options and stuff. And this one, like really, I feel like more so. And then like, and even like telltale, like, any other like game where you make decisions, like Witcher, Mass Effect, telltale games, whatever, like usually like, if I do this, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. If I pick A or B, like you kind of know what path it's going to lead down. And I like this one where I felt like more so than even, even in previous ones, um, like you didn't know what that result would, what would that lead to? Like you can see the pros and cons of both. Um, and I, I really like that aspect where it's like, and some, you know, like in these type of games, like what you do here, like you, that decision you made in hour one might not come back to bite you until you know, bite you or help you in hour six or sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter at all. But like, I loved it. Like in some cases where like I had, like, I talk about like, I think I had three people die in my, in my game out of eight and, mm-hmm. and then with the eight players you play as, and then there's like, I think 14 characters overall. Um, and, but like the, the playable characters, I had three of mine die and all three were based off of 50, 50 choices. Okay. And I like, and there's multiple other occasions where I picked the right choice, but because I picked those wrong ones, like there's one like, all right, do I shoot? Do I shoot or do I not shoot? And I, I chose not to shoot, and it cost me a, a, a character in one moment. Um, and like, one thing I think Matt, Supermassive Games had an issue with sometimes is like, it does a great job of like job of building up to like the event of like when they finally introduce like the the evil creature or ghost, whatever it may be. Um, but the problem is, is like once they introduce them, it kind of gets like almost Scooby-Doo-ish where it's kind of goofy. Uh, and like the game kind of is great. And then it kind of, it's not bad sometimes, but kind of like it starts, it doesn't, it doesn't keep going up. It just kind of starts go like slowly going down. Um, I thought this one, like when they actually introduced it and like your minor spoilers, they're werewolves basically. Um, mm. but like I, I, I really liked where like that was the first time where really like they introduced like the evil uh, that you're facing in this game and like they're actually really good and they felt very like like they were scary and they were like out of the stress value and like there's certain point like I loved it when like you're being chased and I love that pressure that you get where it's like you're being chased and it's like uh, you got to like do the quick time events and you can't fuck up because if you fuck up, they can catch you and they can kill you. I just love that pressure. It's, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, like I'm Madden when you're in the pressure and it's like trying to go down the field and score a, a touchdown late in the game or late in the, in the half, you know, and stuff like that. Like um, doing a two minute, two, two minute drill or something like that. I love like, kind of like gives me that same type of feeling of like that pressure. It's like every little thing I do here matters. Uh, and I cannot fuck up. Um, but some of the reason why it's, it's down here at number nine. Um, one, it's been a very good year for gaming, but also like, uh, I thought they had a really good cast. David Arquette was awesome uh, in this game, uh, but I thought the whole cast itself knew the knew their jobs. 
like they know this is like it's it's a video game version of like a stereotypical horror movie uh cheesy horror movie at, you know like from like the 80s or 90s but justice smith this fuck i hated him <laughs> and he is like the main like david arquette like kind of gets like the front and center of this game uh-huh. uh because he's like the probably the biggest star of everybody in there especially because coming off of screen five um he's kind of got a little bit of a you know career boost um but uh just smith is kind of like the character you play play as the most or gets a little screen time in this game and he's just just a smith and he's a one-note actor um he was like the guy from pokemon detective he's the main character in the game and he, i think he's like a nickelodeon kid too i think but like and i've seen him in a couple of their movies and he's just he's does this weird uh kind of awkward shy talk thing and i just i hate it uh and he does the same thing here as like, dude, you just kind of stick out like a sore thumb um and unfortunately he survived my whole playthrough because i i, I wonder if i got i almost want to do a, a replay of this game but kill him as soon as possible if, if it's, <laughs> um because i feel like i might enjoy this game more if i kill him fast um but yeah i loved it like i, I really i had a really great time with this game uh my only like you know that like he really sucked up a lot of the fun for me uh but like also the the ending was just kind of like extremely underwhelming for me and the, the game is tough because it's like there's like 187 i think different variations of endings you can get in this game okay. uh, so like sometimes it's just like the way it plays it kind of kind of be weird or fine or whatever like some things like they kind of build up to just never get resolved or sometimes um you can totally miss certain things but i i just felt like the way like it ends um but there is like the, there's like one kind of ending like one thing you will for sure see no matter what um, as long as one of your characters survives, you'll get to. And I thought that part just kind of like, so, like my spoilers. All right, spoilers for the end of this game. Skip 30 seconds if you don't want to know. So there's one werewolf that like infects the other werewolves, and you have to kill that one to make it so everybody stops turning into werewolves. And literally, you just show up with a shotgun, and the werewolf is just sleeping in a house or a tent or something. And you just walk up, he's sleeping, and you shoot him, and, he, and that's it. <laughs> that's that's how you, that's how you defeat the evil. Uh, but I mean, the journey along the way is the main part of the game. Uh, but I just like I just got there, and I'm like that fucking blows. Um, but yeah, that was like I, I hate that. And then also like the unbalanced. Like I thought it was the most unbalanced. It was like the, the previous games, like because it's you can actually play multiplayer online and couch co-op, and like they've always done a good job. Of, like you bouncing between characters pretty evenly, and this game like. One of my favorite characters in the game, uh, Caitlin was her name. Um, you play, I played as her as maybe 20 minutes. And like some characters, you like Justin Smith, like I said, you play as him more than anybody. Like it's just, the, I, will, I love to see the percentages because it's just way off kilter. Like I couldn't imagine if you're doing like the eight player co-op thing, that could fucking suck for you because you can go a long time probably without playing and you might play for five minutes and be done. But yeah, number nine, The Quarry. Gables, what is your number eight? <laughs> okay, this is going to be a bit of a surprise for somebody, but... Oh, shit. Am I going to be mad? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this one. God damn it. Okay. All right, so my number eight is going to be Vampire Survivors. And here's the reason why. I thought During the high. time that I had from when we last recorded and stuff, I had a chance to try out Vampire Survivors. And part of the reason is because I heard little bits of positive stuff around, not just for Giant Bomb, but also in terms of like other gamers in the in the rounds and stuff, 
I always would hear it mentioned or even watch a little bit of things like on Twitter or some of them, people really being into this thing. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll go ahead and try this, see what it is. So at first I I really didn't know. It was like, okay, I just use one one button pretty much, and that's the analog stick to move from here to there. Maybe press A occasionally and stuff to pick up items or this or that. And before I knew it, before I knew it and stuff, I started it. I started it literally like the week around Christmas or something like that. And uh, I had already put in like over about 15 hours. Gables, and... you're like 18 hours in. <laughs> no, I'm actually about 27. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I, I looked like four or five days ago and I saw you were playing it. And I was like, oh wow. And then I looked at your time. And I'm like, holy oh, fuck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you check it now and stuff, it's actually like around the... I'm over a day logged in. I think it was like a day and three hours, which is like about 27 or so, like around that time. Well, get it. Long story short, this game is so simple to understand. It's so simple to play that uh, it scratches that itch as a retro well, gamer that I like. Another portion thing of I like about it is there's definitely bits of references to Castlevania, but not outwardly just saying that it's this uh, Castlevania. But uh, a lot of the different characters you get to play as, they have an interesting like type of a variety in terms of uh, what uses what weapon or this item or something like that. It was so fun trying to unlock a lot of the different stages. Now, granted, I have not un- like unlocked the last like last stage because there's actually, I feel like yes, I have beaten the final boss, but yeah, there's another boss that's even more powerful that was added towards the end like uh, the beta period and stuff like that for this game <laughs> that uh, there's actually a director boss. So mm. that's something that I'm looking forward to going through unlocking and stuff. But the reason why it's so high up on this list is because this is probably one of the most fun games I've played in regards to 2022 because of how simple and how addictive it got. There was literally times where I played this game for the first, like maybe 15 minutes or something like that. of like, I would die or something like that. Okay. Well, Let's see if I can try out this character, and then let's try out that character. It's like, oh, hey, I figured out how to like evolve a certain item here or there, you know. And then it's like I unlocked different items, unlocked different characters and stuff. It kept wanting me to come back more because I was constantly being rewarded for giving things a shot, for giving things a try, you know, for until eventually I started completing like 30-minute chunks and stuff with one character getting to level 50 or level 80 or – or like I did yesterday as I got one character up to a level 150 before I died. <laughs> yeah, I think you're up to like 120 is my, is my max. But uh, it's so fun because it's like you're tasked with a character. You pick one character and stuff. You just move around. It automatically attacks like enemies and stuff based upon what weapon you're carrying. Then you collect jewels to level up. And then you're presented with choices of what you could either acquire or what you can go through and level up. And uh, the enemies are they could be pretty fast. They could be pretty like uh, difficult or easy based upon what you set for yourself. There are different types of power-ups you can choose by collecting a whole bunch of different gold coins. And what's fun is like I've pretty much unlocked a lot of them except for like uh, except for like a couple couple of different ones. Like I just unlocked the aspect to go to reroll this type of ability because I got the little skeleton character all the way up to level 80, I think this morning in terms of one of my runs and uh, the reroll, basically what that ability itself does is uh, when you're presented with the, 
with the options of the three or four items. There's actually a little option where you can go you just re-roll and get a different selection and stuff like that of uh, they'll have the level up again. But um, gosh, it just scratches that itch that I've wanted to play for a while where it's retro to a, to a fault. It's an arcade style of game to where it's just basically get your high score, basically get your things and that and stuff. It's fairly simple to understand. Yeah, there are some aspects of it that just scream, okay, this is like this is like a flash game and this and then that, you know, yeah. but time. Yeah. That's what makes it so appealing too, because it's it's like a throwback to those days where you see a lot of flash animated games, but hardly any of them would be any good because you probably would maybe do a time spend of like about maybe a couple of minutes or maybe five or ten minutes between classes or this or that and be done with it. But this one is more evolved to where it feels like a a game from the past or it feels like it is a arcade game in the best in the best way possible because it has that type of qualities that make the game feel engaging you're constantly being rewarded with stuff and on top of that you have all these different type of references and a lot of different like fourth wall breaking type of stuff like there was this instance to where i came across I came across this boss, right? This big old like final. That's this big old like boss around in Moon Glove. I think it's like Moon Glove, like Glove or something like that. To where I literally got to a certain extent, and then all of a sudden things just started to change, and then I'm warped into this like this this like different type of dimension or something like that, and I'm facing off against this boss, yeah. and it's the end of Enders and stuff like that. It's just basically those amalgamation of like five different type of Grim Reapers that like merged into one that you have to go forth and fight and this and that, you know, that was one of the more epic moments inside of this game, but it's, it's absolutely just took me by surprise. I mean, it was at the last week or two before the end of the year. And then I end up finding, then I end up playing this game and it's good enough to where it's number eight on my list. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Well, Tyler, what was your number eight? My number eight, Gables. Mm. I have one goal. Yeah. Kill chaos. <laughs> Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins. Oh, um, there you go. This is the greatest good bad game I've ever played in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> I, like, who ever thought we'd live in a world where Frank Sinatra and Limp Bizkit have something in common? <laughs> like what a world we live in um there's so many there's so many things that are so great about this game uh that are awful and also hilarious um but it, it's so like there's so many things to make fun of about this game uh but there's actually like a really good game in there as well like i thought the gameplay is actually really fun it is like dark souls light um like I talked about, like, remember, like, last year we were talking about, like, Guardians of the Galaxy is, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Combat Light, and yeah. it's kind of the same idea. Uh, it's, it's got, it's got the difficult, it's not as difficult as, you know, Dark Souls, but it's got, it's got the combat, it's, it's difficult, um, but, like, not in, like, a, a frustrating, it's frustrating, but it's not, like, in a unfair way, uh, right. but, like, I, I really like that combat system, um, but it's not as punishing, because, you know, like, lose souls, stuff like that, um, but I thought, like, there's so many like the combat is really fun and engaging. I like it just makes you want to keep playing more of it. Like you have like your two teammates with you, which which is weird because the game is about you have the four 
uh, you know, heroes, but you only, it's a three player game, uh, which is weird. Um, but then, you know, like I said, the gameplay is really good. I actually like the job system, like, you know, the job system of like a lot of JRPGs, like Final Fantasy is known for. Uh, typically, I hate the job system in like, like JRPGs. Like, what's the, beyond, uh, what the fuck's that 3DS game, the Square Enix game, where you can play four turns in a row? Oh, that's Bravely Default. Default. Yeah. Uh, like, I hated the job system in that. I hated the job system in like the old school Final Fantasy games. Um, and this one I liked it like a because you can like speed up the process by like you can earn things that you can use like up you can just spend points to upgrade things but also like because uh-huh. you had like if you fully max it out you can like you fully max out these two upgrade gave you like this other one that was really good uh, like you had to, like up you know like I, I just I got really addicted to just like playing system the story makes I is so confused I have no idea what's happening but the moments mm-hmm. with the characters are absolutely fucking hilarious and. What sucks is Gables. This game isn't supposed to be hilarious. They they meant to, they tried doing this seriously, which scares me because like I would love it if they we got a sequel to this somehow. Even though I know it's an origin story, and it literally leads into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love if we got more of this, but the problem is is like now they know it's a joke, and it just wouldn't be funny because they know it's a joke. Um, but there's just so many moments where like this game makes me fucking laugh. Like so like literally like when you're jack the main character and you meet your you like initially you meet your other two heroes yeah and like you don't even know each other you literally just walk up and you like stand in front of each other and you're like they all look at each other like you want to kill chaos like yeah and they just fist bump (laughs) and that's (laughs) and that's the beginning of the game and then instead of like you know most games like you would like build the relationships throughout the game and like as you're playing story as you're playing the game doing missions stuff like that together no it, after you do the fist bump it pop like it comes up on the screen goes up, you get a black screen it just says two weeks later and then you're on a <laughs> boat and you guys are best friends it's like you're just totally <laughs> skipping character development like imagine if like last of us started like where you like Joel meets Ellie and then all of a sudden you're at the hospital like it just black screen now you're at the hospital like what what are we doing here um yeah uh, baffling and then it's just like for jack just like for no real i still don't know why i want to kill chaos uh frank sinatra just randomly being in the beginning of the game with my way um and not even the limb biscuits if you're gonna get my way you might get limb biscuits my way it, it makes more sense for this game um and then also limb biscuit just randomly showing up later on uh, but then, like, you meet the fourth character of your party, Sophia. And she shows up, and she's, like, after you beat the first boss. And she's, like, uh, chaos isn't real. He's a myth. And then it just, like, it cuts to Jack, and he just gets quiet for, like, two seconds. And he just looks at her and goes, bullshit. And he just puts his AirPods in, and he just plays Limp Biscuit and walks away with it on his cell phone. Like, <laughs> this game, this game is, like, it's it's, like, old, like, English, like, everybody's like in jolly old England times with like there's King Queens. People are shitting in buckets, but your characters have like skinny jeans and wear tank tops and have AirPods. What? Um, (laughs) I just loved it. Every time like Jack would like, he's just a complete dick, but I love him. Like every time you like, you get, you meet the final boss of like a, of a main mission. Uh He just like, uh, he's like, shut the fuck up. And he's just like, just like, they're like just talking and like introducing themselves and like, like telling him like their evil plan. He's like, shut the fuck up. He just like dies and like punches them <laughs> like, like all the time. And then like, there's like one part where like one of the guys in your team is like trying to like, he's like going to like 
actual some character development can happen here. He's like, he's gonna like kind of open up about his feelings to you. And Jack just like bumps over the shoulder and just keeps walking over, just walks away when he's trying to like tell you the shit. Like, it's it's so funny. It's what is happening here? Uh, and this is not supposed to be the how it's supposed to go. But I just, man, this game is so fucking dumb. But like, the major issue of this game is like, yeah, like the combat is good, uh, but the problems are like you just you like the amount of loot you get is just insane. Um, to the point where like you could spend probably twenty hours without the portion of this game just in the menus looking at your loot um after like hour five i just started hitting i think like you hit square or something or the touchpad and it just mm-hmm. auto did your gear to like the best stuff and I, oh. every like you get so much gear that literally every like 10 minutes i would stop go to the menu go to your gear hit auto and you were just constantly upgrading gear because you like it would just give you a baffling amount of fucking gear Okay. Um, it's like Sonic with rings. It's just what the, it's just everywhere. Gears are falling everywhere. Um, I was thinking about this game and I was like, what does this remind me of? And it reminds me of Dragon Age 2. Where <laughs> really? Dragon Age 2, like the big like issue with that game was like, they were like rushed to get that game out in like, I think like two years or something like that. Yep. And like the whole game is just like, you, like you're just like a lot of side missions. Like the game is not that great. I was like, it's, it's, it's an okay game, I guess. But, like, what they did to, like, get the game out as fast as they did is they reused a lot of assets and areas. So, like, all these side missions, all these main missions, you literally just keep going through the same tunnel, the same areas over and over again. And, like, every main mission would have, like, a different area. But then, like, all these side... There would be a ton of side missions in, in Strangers of Paradise where it would just take you back to, like, like smaller sections of that big main mission. And that was all of the side quests. Um, but also... The reason why it reminds me of Dragon Age 2 is because the graphics are exactly the same as 2010's Dragon Age 2. It, there's The game just looks bad. It looks like a mid-generation 360 game. Uh, like there, It's funny. It's, it's hilarious that they did a performance and a quality mode because why is it even there? <laughs> like the, like <laughs> It doesn't. You just do performance because it gives you 60 frames per second because the quality mode is like cool you go for like you do performance mode it looks like a 2010 game you go to quality mode it looks like a game that came out in fall 2010 it's not a major difference um yeah i the game is like yes it like i the combat is fun those characters are dumb uh but like the it's not enough it's like this game is like legitimately like could take you is it's minimum 20 plus it's 20 hours um and it got to the point where like I was doing all the side quests and I was going into the main missions under leveled. No matter what I did, I just could not get to like keep up with par. Like I was to the point where like and it just got frustrating. So like I got to like the last like maybe quarter of the game and I just put on easy difficulty because I was just like I'm kind of just done with like it's just like like I like the combat. I like the story. Like I'm just kind of here for like the story and the and the characters at this point because the combat's fine, but like it just got frustrating. Like like I said, the combat's good enough. But it just got frustrating where it's like, I am just, no matter, I, I'm, I'm replaying, replaying these same side missions over and over again. Luckily they're short. That's like, I'm replaying them over and over again to just like keep up with my level. But it's like, I got tired of like, I beat a main mission and have to play these side quests multiple times for a couple hours each time. Just get to like level up. So like, just put it on the easy, easy beat the game. Um, yeah, like this game is so much fucking fun. Uh, 
It's so fucking funny. One of the funniest games I've ever played. Like, I, if I had to like make a top five list, the top five funniest games, it would it would be a slam dunk on that list. Um, I think like Jazz Punk, Guards of the Galaxy, would be in that list. Uh, Telltale's uh, Borderlands would be in the list. I don't know what else to be in there, but yeah. Um, my number eight, Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins, the Gables. Tell me about your number seven. All right. So number seven is going to be Pokemon Scarlet. What? <laughs> I, I thought this was like a battle for like, I thought this would be like top three at worst. Oh, top three at worst. Okay. No, in terms of uh, Pokemon Scarlet, I did like a lot of what I did play. Granted, I do admit there's a lot of technical stuff in there that does keep it from becoming a a lot better in terms of like performance wise and this and that, but there are definitely things I did like from Pokemon Scarlet. Like for example, the, the split inside the story modes and stuff, you know, where you have the bases, you have the Titans, you have the main gym challenge and stuff. And there were aspects of it, which I really did enjoy. Obviously the Titan one. And then like the subsequential, the subsequential, like, uh, like, uh, payoff and stuff after you beat the game and stuff like that. Yeah. That one was, fairly surprising and that was actually one of those moments where i'm like holy shit you know it's like you you finally get to area zero right and then it's like you get down to that area to where you find you're supposed to be finding where the professor is and along the way you're battling against these ancient pokemon right or future pokemon depending upon versions and stuff that you bought and then you find out that the whole person that has been giving you information this entire time is not the professor in a sense because it's actually an ai copy that yeah. the previous professor built and in terms of the reasoning why that the ai is doing this and doing that and stuff i mean not even the ai can understand why the like the the professor and stuff wanted to go through and try to get all of these different types of pokemon and stuff like just pull them out of like time and stuff like that to insert them inside the main thing because the ramifications, obviously, for this story and stuff is like mass kind of like destruction of like an ecosystem of the Pokemon that's currently going through by having introducing all these other powerful relics and stuff or future Pokemon that's just destroy everything. But uh, in terms of that, I mean, finding out the main professor died inside of an accident and stuff. I mean, that that one that one definitely did like uh, take me by surprise. In that retrospect, because up until then and stuff, you know, you don't really deal with like that, those type of stories and stuff. This is like these type of things are kind of like twists in certain JRPGs, but not so much inside of Pokemon. But yet with Pokemon and stuff, having this, you know, I mean, I kind of applaud Game Freak in that sense, you know, because that was an, a cool, that was a cool, interesting element and stuff that I would not have thought was going to happen. That kind of like plot twist and stuff. But then the final battle after finding out about this and stuff we have to battle the ai you know and then like uh going through all this other stuff in order to try to beat the game and this and that you know that was pretty awesome that final battle that final song in regards to that final boss theme and stuff and then you battling against the other like uh Coridon or Moridon and stuff because apparently there was two of them and stuff of the same types the same types and stuff that you battle one good one evil but uh in regards to the gameplay stuff i really did like playing through pokemon scarlet there was a bunch of different types of pokemon 
that uh, they're introduced that were fairly fun, you know? Like, you had this little mouse family that you would come across and stuff like that. Like, uh, I forgot the name of the little things, but uh, in terms of, like, you had different varieties of new types of Pokemon, from dogs to rodents to, like, little rats and stuff like that, the little shrewdle <laughs> that I encountered inside the wild. I was like, what? It was one of those genuine moments where I went to a Pokemon game. I did not look at the entirety of the Pokedex. The only thing I looked into was the evolutions of the starters because I've done that ever since Generation 1. I'm not going to break that tradition. And, uh, oh my gosh, that was so fun. Like, uh, discovering all these different types of Pokemon from the Flamingo and stuff to, like, to... Flamingo? Yeah, Flamingo and stuff to, like, my, my the best whole... Friend. The Fido into, into like, Doxpun and stuff like that. I literally had that little dog in my entire team the whole way, you know, Doxpun, you know, because it's like, it's like a little freaking roly-poly freaking, like, a pastry dog. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. In terms of the other parts of the story stuff, I do admit they weren't as strong. Like the gym challenge itself felt like that there were some missed opportunities. But it was a traditional type of gym challenge like it was in past games. Only thing that was really weird that was kind of lacking and stuff is the whole thing with the champion. It, like, it initially felt like with champion, like the main top champion, Gita, that there was something missing in regards to that overall stuff. And they do kind of hint certain aspects inside the story of like, okay, it's like the... Pokemon that Gita uses and stuff like that is basically sort of like uh, a Pokemon that's only available in Area Zero, you know? And, I mean, Nimona, your rival, your friend, and stuff like that, goes through the name drops, pretty much, like, just tips off. It's like, okay, this is the type of Pokemon that she uses, blah, 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 on her team, and this and that. But that was part of the main things that I didn't like about that one. And then, like, the bases and stuff, they were fun for the first couple times, like you were saying, Tyler. But at the same time, they really felt yeah. wash, rinse, and repeat. It would have been better if they would have went with different options for each base instead of having to clear out a, a random wave of specific number type of things and all of a sudden beat the person's team and then that specific type of uh, motor, like Veverum or whatever the hell it's called, <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> But I will say this, though. This Pokemon game for Pokemon Scarlet, it's actually the first one in a while where I've actually want to quote, go ahead and probably replay it in regards to the overall appeal of it. Like, me adequately maybe wanting to buy Violet and play through it again in a different yeah. type of way. Because it has the key aspects of what I liked about some of the previous Pokemon games, you know. But uh, the different monsters... The fun times I had just exploring around the different environment and then all of a sudden just coming across random different Pokemon or different types of like items and oh my god all the different items you could pick up and like the ease of use in regards to crafting your different technical machines and stuff that teach your Pokemon. They did have a surprise trade thing. I didn't use it a hell of a lot of times and stuff no. with what I had, but that's how I acquired the other Sprigatito, the, the, the other starter, the Sprigatito that I used throughout my entire, my freaking thing and stuff, along with my Skeledirge and stuff. Freaking, dude, free Coco going into Skeledirge. I love the design of that fucking crocodile. <laughs> the fucking ghost gator. But, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. This game would have been higher on my list if not for a couple different things. Obviously, technical performance aside, 
if all three areas of that game were as solid as the Titan Pokemon and the way you battled against them, this yeah. would definitely would have been easily within my top five, possibly my top three. But as it is right at this moment, this at times feels like an incomplete game. Not so much for the obvious reasons, but also in terms of the content, because there's different portions of the map that is still not available, even when you go through and play through. And the initial stuff that is X'd out, well, guess what? That's where Kalos is at. And so there's definitely different types of hmm. hints going on that what Pokemon may do with the DLC portion of it. But yeah, Tyler, that's the closest, like, the DLC people are hinting at they could be the area from X and Y. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Okay. I bought it digitally, in case there is actually. Um, because inside the main story DLC. itself, there's actually references where Mega Evolution is kind of tied. Like, there's that one area at X and Y, like that celestial sort of town, to where you have AZ's gun that he fires off and stuff to, like, uh, you know, kind of like go through and destroy that whole, like, kingdom or whatsoever it was with that doomsday device or whatever it is and it looks shockingly familiar like the terrestrialization crystals inside of uh scarlet and violet and so there is some speculation this and that though but what i'm saying is if if it had been a complete package it definitely would have been a better experience but number seven on my list I feel like that's the most appropriate things because I did feel like there were a slew other games that definitely were better than Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. But from what I did play through, and I did play through a good portion of it, like a good solid, I want to say, 25 to maybe like 35 hours worth. I need to check the times again. But I did spend a good time, a good amount of it, and I still want to play more of Scarlet and Violet depending upon when Nintendo goes and announces, hopefully soon, who knows. <laughs> Yeah, but what was your number seven, Tyler? Yeah. Sorry, I will say, I knew we'd have this game in common on our list, but yeah, I'm shocked where it is. Combined five <laughs> points between us. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like as frustrating as this game is, like I'm all aboard DLC, and I'll be there day one buying it if it's like, especially if it's like a full fledged like DLC too. So, but uh, my number seven. what a number seven this game is this, <laughs> this, this what a crazy year 2022 was tmnt shredded revenge that's number seven for number you number seven <laughs> yeah uh gables this is a really good year for gaming um yeah yeah the, the, uh this like i said when i started this list i had seven games on it and this is when it really started getting really 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 hard for me um yeah so i just i mean starting off when you boot the game up for the first time, it opens with like a modern day version of the, 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 the opening theme of the TV show from the cartoon from the nineties, which yep. right there, top seven game of the year. <laughs> like I could have just turned the game <laughs> off right there. Top 10 list for sure. Um, but it's, it's just, I mean, for someone like me, that's just like, you know, I love like, you know, I love beat up games, but I don't like the difficulty of like, you know, I mean, obviously like, of the day where like, games are where they're built for the arcade to like take your quarters and it's just like unfairly and frustratingly difficult. Uh, this is exactly what I want. Like I just want, like I want to be able to have fun. I want the I want difficulty. I don't want like I'm not sitting there like popping on like brain dead easy mode, but I just want to be able to like 
I want to challenge, but I also want to feel like it's fair. Uh, and I feel like um, the Dot Emu, I believe is the name of the studios make that made this. Yeah. Um, they made Street Rage Four, which was also both of our both of our top ten lists, I believe, in twenty twenty. Yes. Um, but yeah, like they have just found the perfect balance of what I want uh, for a beat 'em up game, in you know, in this era of like, like, hey, if you want that old school difficulty, like they have that, they do have like a the adventure mode thing. You can I believe it's called adventure mode where you can just Go through, you get three lives, there's 16 levels, try to survive. Uh, then there's like the story mode that I played through where it's like you got the open, you got the open, like little map area we go through and it's almost like uh, like Mario Brothers where you, you go through, you, you can move around, you go through all the levels. Uh, I love that. You can start each level with three lives. Um, and even still, still, I think I died in probably every level at least once. Um, but yeah, like I just love going through this game. It was so good. I beat this game in one sitting. And I think it took me about maybe a little under two hours, two hours maybe. I got all the collectibles. Really, I'm trying. I love all the, like, just like the touch of details of, like, nostalgia. Like, you find, like, the Frog Boys. Um, and just, like, like, I love, like, you just walk around. You see the Foot Clan, like, like the first level, at, and I believe in the newsroom. And they're, like, running the camera. Or you go to, like, one where, like, it's a carnival. I believe like, it's like a, it was, like, the fair or something like that. And they're, like, <laughs> running, like, the stands. And, like, I just love, like, little dumb things like that. The boss fights are all really, really good. Um, and then, like, the final boss fights, minor spoilers, you fight Shredder in the final boss. Uh, and then the fucking Wu-Tang Clan just comes in in the final boss fight. And, like, they're, like, the song is also describing what's happening in this boss fight. Uh, <laughs> 12 out of 10 hype moment. Maybe the most hype moment of the fucking year. Uh, yeah, this, like I said, this not only perfectly encapsulates what I want um, from these style games because I grew up loving like Street Rage 2 uh, back in the day playing through 1, 2, and 3 over and over and over again on like the Genesis um, when I was a kid and like they brought back Street Rage 4 so I'm and made it not only like they brought it back but like made like an awesome awesome version of that and like what I want from like I said like a modern day beat em up game but like they did it with like TMT which growing up as a, as a kid like pre-Pokemon this was like my my favorite IP in the world, um, so yeah, like great great game. Got the, the the fan of me like it just it did a good job of like taking care of that IP and what I loved. Like I said, perfectly captured a, a '90s beat 'em up and that cartoon that I loved so much growing up as a kid uh, in 2022. So that's why uh, that's why it's number seven. It, it, it sucks putting it at seven, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's number seven. But like yeah, like. Uh, it's been a really good year, but yeah. Gables, let's put your number six. Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> Gables, you want to know what my number six is? What? Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a perfect tie-in for the for this episode, isn't there, dude? Here's the thing about Pokemon Legends Arceus. I feel like that when Nintendo started off 2022, they did the right thing in introducing this game because this is definitely unlike any other Pokemon game they had put out before it. And quite honestly, I kind of felt like they rushed out Pokemon Scarlet and Violet like too soon after they went through and released this game, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Everything about this game I ended up liking. Even like even though like the switch is the switch you know and you see a lot lots of little stuttering things and stuff it's still 
a technically better game than Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and stuff like that. But in regards to the ways you get to go through and catch a lot of different Pokemon, oh my gosh. This was the best portion of it. I mean, you go through in the Hisuian region, you pick your starter and stuff. I went with my Rowlet and stuff. Of course, you you went with like another another foray and stuff. Um, was it Cyndaquil for you? Cind- of course, Cyndaquil, yeah. Okay. Boy. But uh, it was so fun just going around the different parts of the Hisuian region and stuff. It was just basically, hey, craft your Pokeballs, craft all these different items and stuff like that. And you just go out and just catch a lot of different Pokemon to fill up this different report and stuff and you have to capture certain bits of pokemon in order to go forth and like uh complete this aspects of it it was a much more evolved form of catching them all that i was accustomed to but at the same time it was much more fun in that way because there was a lot of different things you could do in regards to not just catching or evolving certain pokemon but also in terms of like other types of traditional pokemon battles which they were some inside there too but uh oh my gosh just exploring around the different the different environments like riding on the uh hisuian like uh stantler and stuff like that like weird ear i think it's called weird ear <laughs> or like going across like uh the braviary just flying everywhere or like the hisuian version of like version of like uh oh my gosh Sne- not sneasel but it's like <laughs> It's another different type. It's another like it's like another like evolution or something like that. Another different types of like uh, Weavile, I think it is. But uh, I really did love not just collecting the different Pokemon, not just evolving the certain Pokemon, but also in terms of like uh, the different types of battles. Like you get to face off against these trio of like female ninjas and stuff like that, which yeah. each of them play in part a specific character from the diamond and pearl games only this is their ancestor parts like one of them is based upon a gym leader the other two are based upon like uh, team galactic in and of itself but what was really interesting though is like the final initial battle like against arceus and also against like the uh like Dialga and Palkia and doing all this other stuff, it felt more rewarding. It felt more organic. It felt something new, something different. And this was the first time we actually had a chance to go into like an open, like zone type of feel and stuff and catch Pokemon just like that. Just like basically the snap of your fingers. And it felt organic and it felt good. This is the game that should have just been the entirety of 2022. Scarlet and Violet should have been delayed, in my personal opinion, to get things ironed out. I know the Pokemon Company has their different schedules for their anime, for their other types of Merc, all this other types of stuff. But this is the first year where I felt like a Pokemon game was overshadowed. Like a mainline Pokemon game was overshadowed by another mainline Pokemon game in the same year. And it sucks because Pokemon Legends Arceus, I would have loved to bought DLC for that game if yes. it was available. That was what I wanted. And instead, we got a half we not like a half baked. I wouldn't go that far. I'm not gonna go that thing. It's not not, compl- not fully baked. 
not. Nah, it's still is rough around the edges. It's still kind of rare around certain edges and yes. stuff. It's cooked somewhat, but at the same time, it still needs to go into the oven for another like three months or so. <laughs> that that chicken will give you food poisoning. <laughs> exactly the point. Whereas this is like a well done meal, in mm. my personal opinion. This is the best I felt like the Pokemon Company did with something original. They put some seasoning on this bitch. Yeah, felt like something original on top of adding in some bit of classic elements. But a single-player derivative game like that, that is what I've been wanting for years. I finally have gotten that with Legends Arceus. Hopefully, with the next Nintendo system, they can go for an elaborate up on the same formula. Because like what I was telling you, Tyler, I think I was like asking you like in terms of, was this make a great foundation for future Pokemon games? And your answer to me at the time was, yes, because of this, 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 and that. I felt like, in the grand scheme of things, number number six here for my list, Pokemon Legends Arceus was the foundation. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, there were some aspects that improved upon the foundation, but at the same time, they weren't as refined, and they definitely need to take another evolution or two in terms of the level design in order for it to, like kind of like evolve itself into its initial final form, so to speak. And yeah. whether or not it be through DLC with that version of the game or through another consequential future release remains to be seen. But Pokemon Legends Arceus, yeah, this is definitely one of the best games of the year, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, it, it's so crazy that like, you talk about, like, it, and there's been, like, some talk of, like, you know, they always want to have a Pokemon game every quarter or every... Um, uh, financial year every yep. uh, and like you know they had what the gen 4 remakes in november yep. and they put this game out in january and it's like why are they put them so fast it's like the the the, the, th- the worry was they thought they were worried the gen 4 like remasters were not going to be up to snuff and then like immediately was like one of the 10 best selling switch games um so far uh which is funny because a lot of people are pretty disappointed by that and then they put put out legends arceus and it was the fastest selling Pokemon game ever before Scarlet and Violet. And it's like, man, like if they just had faith in Gen 4, uh, the remasters, and yeah, like you said, put this game, if they just like, you know, like Nintendo was known for having games on the shelf uh, for, for yep. months before, sometimes years before they put them out. Uh, and just were willing to like have faith in Gen 4 and put this game out in, in that Scarlet and Violet time slot instead. Like, man, like, how not only a did you like kind of like swallow up two pokemon games by and, and then literally after what two weeks after arceus came out you announced scarlet and violet and immediately overshadowed it um, yeah no shit yeah like man like imagine you know what how much more how much more impactful this game could have been where like it just wasn't overshadowed as soon as you know it, it was out, like you got a couple weeks, the limelight, and bam, hey, here's the next big thing coming this year. Uh, but yeah, like I, I just love, I love, like I talk about, like you know, some earlier with Violet, where like I just don't like looking at it; it's just ugly. But I love looking at this, where like it was is more anime style. I love that. Um, the cell shadedness of it. Yes, I love that. Like it, I, I thought like you know, obviously it's it's got its issues being on the Switch, like. You can see, like, literally, you can see the black lines of, like, in, from the right. drawings, uh, the jaggedness of, of some of the stuff. But, like, I thought the art style, though, was fantastic. Um, I, I, the loop, like, the big thing about these, like, open world or, like, in this game, like, 
you have open area level like style games it's like how good is that loop and i just loop the loop of this game i thought was just fantastic where it's like there's even points where like all right i just kind of want to mainline this section and get to the next section because i've been in this area for like seven hours now but then it's like you just start wandering and it's like oh, there's, a, there's a couple pokemon over there might as well take those while i'm here and like <laughs> throw some pokeballs out of catch a bunch or battle a couple of them oh fuck there's a titan or what are they not the titan i can't remember what they're called in this one but like the ones with the red eyes uh i want i want to fight that fucker that guy, oh my gosh uh, yeah. yeah i'm trying to think of like what it is but uh, yeah that's a, a special type of pokemon with their eyes yeah, that glow they're bigger red. yeah and they're more powerful and just like fighting them then you can catch them uh i remember like catching a couple and they were just like way higher level than like anything i had yeah um, it's just like it, it was just so easy to like and you're constantly getting experience points you're constantly like and it's just that like that the, the hitting the little things in your brain where it's like you're constantly like things are going numbers are going up and like all your pokemon like every pokemon having different like 10 different levels they had to hit for like catching x mount defeating x mount and just like hitting that just hitting those check marks um i just i, I loved all that just like said like even after like all right i just kind of want to get through this section to get to the next section and it's like three hours later here you are still just wandering around fucking fighting these guys um <laughs> and then like the battle system in this game is like i i keep raving about this but it's so fucking fun because like not only are the fights the battles are so fast like you just jump in, like I just even like the fact you can just wander around. You can't do anything, but with your Pokemon trainer, you can just wander around, and like you can just do whatever. But like, I love the having the whole like you can do like the speed attack, or you can do the strong style with like you can do speed attack. So maybe you can like sneak in and do a quick attack a little faster. Or you do the strong style where it's gonna do more damage, but it's gonna take a second to recover, and like you take that chance where like you do maybe like you do like the the speed attack. You get a quick shot in. He does one, but then you get two attacks in a row, or maybe. Uh, you, you can work it out. Maybe you get three attacks. Right? I just love that whole. It just adds more, like, it adds more strategy. Where like, you know, it's not just like, and any other Pokemon game where it's just like, all right, cool. Like, oh, I brought a fire type out. Let me get my water type out here. Like, but it's like, not only like, yeah, obviously that's a strategy that helps. But it's like, even still, sometimes like you might get in there. And it's like, you, I, I, I remember going in there. Like, yeah, maybe I had that water type. But he had a fire type, but like, he used a strategy and he still beat me or it still took a, it was still a battle for me to win that one. Um, oh, yeah, I just, I love, I love that. The, the, the way the whole thing worked, but like, um, or like, you're just like, you get to a battle and all of a sudden two more wild Pokemon just wander in and all yep. of a sudden you're battling three Pokemon at a time. Like I oh, am yeah. in over my head and I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, the, like the only real complaint to have really is like, I didn't like the fact that he had to like use money to like, upgrade how much equipment you can hold that was really frustrating because i spent oh i see i think i spent a lot of time just running back and forth to my 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 chest to like put shit in there um because like it got to the point where like the amount of money it took to like upgrade your your how much stuff you can carry just got insane um and then like i know it's a pokemon game and the story really doesn't matter all that much uh but they literally never finished the story of this game like no you, they don't you, like, the whole story is, like, your character gets pulled from, like, modern day to, like, the past. And, like, he's literally creating the first Pokedex. Um, and, like, but also you're trying to figure out how to get back to your time. And then you beat the game. And it's like, all right, you get the cutscene where it's like, all right, hey, we, we defeated, like, the, you know, the legendary Pokemon. Uh, we're completely, you know, here's the Pokemon. We're doing the Pokedex. And that's it. That's the credits. 
and I remember like, okay, well maybe you have to do like, cause there's like, uh, there's like post game stuff that also has right. like another, like there's more story stuff after that, but you have to like 100% the game to get there. So I went, I looked up all the shit you had to do. And then I looked up like the final cutscene of the game and they still never touch the story. They never no. like, they never like go back to it. It's like, the whole There's game... so much that's left open for interpretation. Yeah, so like I thought for sure, like after I beat the game, like oh we're for sure gonna get DLC. But I'm like mm-hmm. I'm, that's still pretty shitty that we have to like do DLC to get the the finality of the story. But I'm like I'm still all in. If that like no we just like luckily this like like I said it's a it's a Pokemon story, like it doesn't matter. But like man if this was like any other game like uh, if like. I remember, like, still to this day, Prince of Persia on 360 gets shit. Or, like, Ubisoft charged $10 to get the for final... The the, for the ending of that game for DLC. <laughs> it's like, if this was, like, if any other publisher did this with a mainstream game, like, we'd be like, what the fuck? But it's, like, it's Pokemon, so we don't care. And, like, like I said, overall, it's whatever, because it's Pokemon, but it's, like, still, like, what are we doing here? But, like, yeah, like I said, the whole loop of this game, like, uh, it's so addicting. I, this is like, I, I've talked about this over and over again, where it's like, on top of like my frustrations with Violet, this is like the biggest one. Cause like you guys nailed this. And it's like, all I wanted was like a more like the modern day in the Pokemon world version of Arceus. And it's like, you got like 70% of the way there. I just need you to go that last 30. Um, Cause like you got it. Here it is. And maybe when we get that new switch or whatever it's going to be called, like that will help. But like, man, or, you know, really what they need is like they need more time to make their games and probably more people to work on their games. But yeah, uh, my number six, uh, just like Gables, um, Pokemon Arceus. I never would have thought that um, I knew both these games would be in our top 10 list, but I never would have thought that, you know, we are, we've each done five games and we've already got two in common and they're both Pokemon <laughs> games. Um, but yeah, so far, Pokemon Arceus is our is our overall game of the year with ten points. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's going to be kind of it for part one. Um, so far, Gables uh, top ten, number ten, Stray, number nine, Destiny two, Wish Queen, number eight, Vampire Survivors, number seven, Pokemon Scarlet, Scarlet, and number six, Pokemon Arceus. Uh, my top ten so far: number ten, Pokemon Violet. Number nine, The Quarry. Number eight, Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins. Number seven, TMNT, Shredded Revenge. Number six, Pokemon Arceus. So that's what we got so far. Um, like I said, uh, we'll, we we're going to record episode. We're going to record part two of this immediately afterwards, but that will go out probably Saturday morning. You know, uh, probably like right. seven, eight a.m. Central Time. You know, six, five, six a.m. West Coast, Best Coast Time. Um, but uh, yeah, um, if you like all that, you like this, you enjoying this, please. Uh, look down the description down below. You'll see uh, show notes. In the show notes, you'll see links to our YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter, Facebook, Extra Life, all those things. So please um, like, follow, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, um, I was I was Tyler. I've been Colonel Gables. Until next time, have yourself a fun time, everyone. And thank you for listening to another fun fifth episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast. And hey, Gables. Yep. Rest in peace, Don West. Rest in peace, Don West. Bye, guys. See ya. Okay, Tom.